Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. I asked my clients to do two things. The first is every day for a month to write down three things they're grateful for every morning. And they cannot write down the same thing twice. So they can't say, I love my beautiful dogs, Ellie and Desi, they're the best every day. They only do it once. So what happens is at the end of 30 days, they're on a search for something to be grateful for. And when we're looking for what is in our life we can be grateful for, we're going to be happy. The second piece of it is, I ask them every night to write down those things that happened that day, big or small, that they're grateful for. We don't want to go to bed worrying about how nasty the lawyer was or how my ex said this to me, but what things happened that day that you're grateful for. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now, your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome, listeners. I am so glad you're here today. I'm doing something a little bit different. I'm really excited. I have a new friend, Gary Miles, who's on today. He's been an attorney, I think he said, for four decades, which is hard to believe. But what Gary has become passionate about, and you know on this podcast, we want to make divorce less scary, and we often have high-quality people who have been through something hard or difficult, and it changed their life, and they begin to start helping others. So we're going to hear Gary's authentic story, how he got to where he is, and, and more about what he's doing. But we're also going to talk about how to help my listeners and anyone going through divorce, how to help them deal with stressors. Gary loves mediations. You know, even though he's been practicing law for a long time, was a litigator, he's a lover of mediation as well. So we'll talk about that. And then I want to get into a little bit about the benefits of mentorship, because I'm really interested in that too. So Gary, I am so grateful that you're here and that I know you and I know the listeners are going to love to get to know you. Welcome. Well, thank you, Lisa. That's very kind. I'm really happy and honored to be here with you. And I love what you do to help your clients and parties reach a better resolution through their own decision. That's such a beautiful service you provide. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And you know, I'm so passionate about it. So as you should be, because it's such a fulfilling and worthwhile service. It truly is. Yeah, it is. It is my calling. So, and you know, I always say anyone who's interested in doing it, I like to help people through the divorce process, but I also would like to help people who want to start doing divorce mediation. So Gary, can you share with us, I think you went through something pretty difficult in your life as an attorney and you kind of turned it around and now you help other people. So can you share that story with my listeners? Sure. So kind of briefly, but I struggled with alcoholism early in my career. Um, I was an active alcoholic for about 11 years of my practice. I got sober 31 years ago. Congratulations. And, well, thank you. It Honestly, Lisa, it was an unwarranted gift. I did nothing to deserve it. 
with everything that preceded that. And I didn't have the power myself to stop drinking because I tried. But the result of it was just a really powerful transformation in terms of a different way of looking at life. Before I took everyone else's inventory, I judged everyone else. I tried to control everyone else. I was full of fear. I was often a victim and everything flipped. Now I'm filled with hope and optimism about the future. When things are bad, I know that that too shall pass. I try to be transparent and authentic and responsible, which wasn't the way I was before. And I've just learned, for me, it's a matter of life or death to manage the stresses of life in a way that's healthy and safe for me. So I can never be, when everything goes perfect and I win my case and I get a hole in one, I'm an avid golfer. I can't be thinking I'm all that. I can never be a 10 on a scale of one to 10 because that's a dangerous place for me. And I can never be down in the jungle when everything's going bad, not seeing any light, not seeing the sun shining, thinking this is hopeless. I'll never get out of this dark place. That's also not a safe place. So for me, life is about staying, you know, fairly balanced and accountable and open and understanding that fundamentally all is well. And I'm, I'm very, and then I'm very blessed and grateful. Gary, can I ask you, you talked about how being in a high, high place isn't safe for you. Can you explain that a little bit? For me and and for others I've seen, when we get a lot of those gifts that come from being sober, we can take our sobriety for granted. And we often start putting those things first, whether it's our law practice, whether it's our family. And what I've learned is whatever I put in front of my sobriety is the first thing I'll lose. So sometimes the gifts of being sober that come back to us, family, career, hobbies that we like playing and all those things that we now have time for and do well, if they take too much of a priority, then then my sobriety is at risk, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah, that does make sense. But interesting, you know, I never really thought about it that way because we're all searching for happiness. Right. You know, that's a good way to look at it. Well, so now well one of the things I really believe in is this too shall pass. Yeah. And that's true on both ends of the spectrum. When everything is perfect, and we, we all have days like that. I mean, everything just clicks. Those days aren't going to happen day after day after day. We're going to have tough days. And at the same time, when things are really rough, that too shall pass and things will get better. Amen. So, Gary, can you share with us a little bit? So you said... There was about 11 years of your practice where you were dealing with alcoholism. How did healing through that, how did it change how you practice law or did it? Oh, absolutely it did. The first is one of the weird but not unusual side effects of my alcoholism was a very powerful fear. And sometimes we all struggle with fear. Used to be a practicing lawyer handling cases in court and and there can be a fear of that, winning or losing related to that. But my fear was really irrational and, and overwhelming. That's gone. I have, you know, if I got a cancer diagnosis, I'm sure I'd, I'd struggle with some fear. But generally, fear is not a big component of my life anymore. The other is my productivity skyrocketed. I was focused. I was alert. Whereas before, while I didn't miss much time from work, Really, I didn't miss any physical time from work. Mm -hmm. I missed a lot of working hours while I was present in the office. Mm -hmm. 
So that's really what, those are the two main changes I could think of. And maybe the other is I, I was less worried about the outcome of what would happen in a given matter for a given client, for a given case, and just focused on being of service. So I'd say my focus suffered from the end result, from the outcome, to being of service to my clients. I'm writing that down. So because I was going to ask you, so what do you think made the fear go away? And it sounds like you took the focus off yourself and focused on serving. Would you say that's true? Yes. But, you know, I really struggled with not being able to stop drinking. And shortly after I got into recovery, that obsession and compulsion was lifted. And I figured if that could happen for me by someone else, by someone I consider to be my God, I have nothing to worry about. I mean, fundamentally, somebody's watching over me because it really was a gift of grace that wasn't warranted. So I've learned that everything in life happens for a reason. I don't always get my way. I don't always get my wishes. This was a three-day weekend. My wife was off work. She's been working hard. We're going to play golf all three days. And it rained all three days. It was a terrible <laughs> weekend here. That's okay. You know, right. but everything works out how it should. And so I just have a really different perspective where I know that I will be okay no matter what. I love that. So you you kind of are finding the gifts in everything, the good, yeah. the bad, the ugly. So can you help my listeners or and my clients who are going through something stressful like divorce, how can they cope with those? How do they manage those stressors? Yeah, I've handled many, many divorce cases and you do mostly mediations or extensive yep. mediations now. Yep. And I do some, but mostly all representing individuals. And so there's a lot of confiding to me of their innermost fears, thoughts, and worries. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of what causes that is there's always some emotion like anger, maybe something even stronger than anger or hurt that a person feels. And the other is there's a complete lack of clarity about their future. They don't know what their future will look like. They've lived in a home with their partner for some period of time, years, raised kids. What will this look like when I, where will I live? What will I be doing? When will the kids be with me? There's a lot of unanswered questions. And I, have seen from all the cases I've handled, it always works out. And I help them to see that I can't tell you how at the early stages of the case, this will work out, but I know that it will. And just trust the process. And your job, client, is not to worry about what the other lawyer says in his letters, what names your spouse calls you. Just let those things go. Focus on going to work and doing a good job focus on spending quality time with your kids, go to their soccer games and cheer loudly, be a good parent, be a good worker. Let me as your lawyer handle the rest. And when it's all said and done, you will be where you want to be. You will be free. You will be independent. You will be able to take care of yourself and your family, and you'll be fundamentally happy. I love what you're saying because it is what I do in a different way. I say, I want to take the fear out of it. I want to hold your hand through this process. That's what you're doing for your clients. And, you know, as far as the clarity, you don't know what it's going to look like, but you can prepare, right? So I always tell my clients, get as much information as you can. Try to understand your finances and your budget, because that little piece of information, even though it's hard and scary at first, When you do it and you see it and you go, oh, this is what I need. 
I feel like that helps too. So when you said clarity, that struck a chord with me as, as did the, you're kind of carrying them through. Don't worry about it. I'll handle this. I'll take you through it. You are absolutely the attorney that I would want to choose if I were going through a divorce and needed representation because of that. Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Yeah. That's amazing. Okay. So now I want to ask you, you do some mediations, you represent clients. What do you see as the benefits of mediation? Well, I see my role as a lawyer to be a problem solver for my clients. I don't see myself as being a litigator. I don't see myself as being a fighter. If someone calls me and says, I hate my spouse, he or she did this to me, I want to get them back. I'm saying, find another, find another lawyer. That's not me. That's not what I'm about. I'm about helping you to get through this and to get to the other, get to the other side. I've tried cases. Um, there's one, it will never, it will never go away. We have won every single thing in court, but the other party is just so difficult. And it's just one fight after another. And my client is being bleeded dry. And if parties can reach their own decision, two things happen as a, always. One, it's a better decision for themselves and for the kids. The court could never decide something better for the parties than they could jointly agree themselves. And the second is it's much more enforceable. It's much less likely to be contested because this was our agreement. You and I agreed to it. We both are on board. We both, it was give and take, might not have gotten everything I wanted, but I agreed to this. This was my word. This was my promise. So it's going to be enforceable and not likely to be really uh, fought over in the future. But it's not uncommon when the court does something and a party feels wrong by the decision that when there's a change circumstance three months later and the other party moves to a different address, changes school districts, gets involved with another person, change circumstances, let's modify custody, and the fight continues. So there are so many benefits, not to mention saving a whole lot of money. You know, you charge your clients for your service, but it's only a small fraction of what they each would pay their lawyers to have a contested divorce. And there's nothing more stressful than a contested divorce. I am a trained litigator. I've done it for 45 years. When I had my own contested matter with another law firm, it was the most stressful thing I ever went through. It was really hard. And I should know better because this is what I do. I'm not a novice like our your clients and my clients are, but yet it's terribly stressful. Agree. And so... All those reasons, all those benefits to mediation are so true. And at the same time, as you're talking about this, I can't help but bring up, I had a consultation with a couple of clients and it brings to the forefront when mediation doesn't work. And this was a case. And, you know, I kind of, I think I maybe missed it a little bit till the end and I felt bad about it, but learned from it, right? I'm learning to learn from my mistakes. But the husband and wife were very nice and kind during the Zoom consultation, but he had shared that he was verbally abused, really bad. And she agreed. And, you know, I think that it took me a while for it to click because there is a fine line. There are some situations where clients can not talk nice to each other and you can still mediate, but not if someone feels like they need to be protected or they're not on an equal playing field. So I almost wish that in that consultation, I could do it again and go back and talk a little bit more about that and talk it because I don't think that 
that particular person would have felt safe working together. So that is one thing about mediation. We need two participants who are willing and able to work together, to come up with agreements. And mediation can work when they are represented by attorneys and mediate. I would think even in an abusive situation, but I just wanted to add that. And I don't know if you, cause I don't talk about that much because I'm so passionate and it is very few cases that I find that I can't help, but I need it. I just felt like I wanted to bring that up. And do you run across that? I ever? do. I have a lot of clients who will call me and talk about mediation. And for most of them, I really strongly recommend it. Um, even before we're in suit. I like when they ask me for guidance before they enter mediation so they can understand the framework of what they might be entitled to and what they might be obligated to. Having said that, there are several cases I've had where it'd be the wrong result for my client. One of the joys of what I do is I can represent who I want to represent. I only represent nice people. If (laughs) if I see a narcissist, I don't represent them. I have represented people who are victims of that. And sometimes they're so powerless but so wanting to avoid the fight because they've seen the vindictiveness in the past when they've crossed the other party and they want to just get it over with. I just want to get it over with. Let's do mediation. But that person doesn't have, the relationship is such that the bargaining strength is not anywhere close to equal. And then it could really lead to a bad result for the party who is less powerful or even powerless in that relationship. Right. Okay. Now I have to go back to something that you said. For one, you love your clients. I love my clients. I have the most amazing clients. You mentioned that you don't represent narcissists. I have to say that sometimes it's hard to know. How do you pick up on that quickly as an attorney? Usually when I spend my consultation and my 30 minutes with them, I usually can see signs. Not always. Well, let me change the word narcissist to jerks because narcissists <laughs> may have a technical term. Right. But I'm usually able to tell because someone's always blaming, someone's getting carried away with accusations. I start, they ask me a question, I start to answer and they interrupt me to tell me something else. And I will represent the party who left the marriage. I will represent the party who had the affair if I sense that's a well-meaning party who now wants to do the right thing. But I just don't represent jerks. And usually I'm, I've been doing it long enough. I can sense it in the party's manner, how they speak to me, how nasty they might be about the other party, or I want to, I'm out to get her. Those kind of statements I'm just not, I'm not interested in. That's not what I'm about. Yeah, I agree. And I think that I generally can catch that in the 30 minute consultation. There was a one time in particular that I remember catching it after. When I started to see uh, the way the communication went after the session, maybe they were on their best behavior. And then, but I still had time to change it. And it's never too late, right? To pull out if you need to, if you discover that. But I just, I had to ask about that. So we'll, us not being therapists, we'll call them jerks. Jerks. Uh, I prefer (laughs) that. But that I could figure out. (laughs) That we can usually figure out. Okay, well, the last thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit talk about mentorship. And, you know, I always, I'm wanting to mentor other people to do what I do now. Now I'm getting to that point where maybe I can't help as many people as I want. And I want to have someone to pass them along to. And I have done podcasts and talked about 
if you're feeling lonely or sad, go out and, you know, do some service. So I kind of think, is this related if we talk about the benefits of mentoring people? And I feel like I have seen so many people change lives after a divorce or going through something hard like that. So if you can get through it and come on the other side and mentor someone through it, it's amazing. A lot of people have become coaches. But can you speak to that a little bit? Because you're doing that, right? Sure. Sure. Yeah. So I have a service now. I've seen so many lawyers are under so much stress and overwhelm and much more than when I started practicing law. It's gotten so much harder in so many ways with technology and the speed of things and the competition. And I want to help and support as many lawyers as I can. And, you know, I could handle some more family law cases and have 10 clients, but I'd rather have 10 clients who are lawyers and show them how to be a better, happier, more successful lawyer, because that lawyer can then pass that success and fulfillment and better way of practicing law onto all their clients in the same way that you can only handle so many mediations. But if you train six folks like you who are passionate about doing divorce different and you help them to become mediators and better mediators, you've been able to serve a much wider community. And I've used mentors my whole life. I played golf since eighth grade. I'm now 68. I played competitively in high school and college. I've always had a golf coach, always. Now you'd think by now I know how to play golf, right? 55 years, Gary, you should know what the heck you're doing. But what I don't know is what am I doing right and what am I doing wrong? And when I have a lesson, the coach will say, these are the good things. This is right. That's right. That position's good. This is what we need to change. And then they give me a burst of confidence in myself. And when I started family law, I, I transitioned in that in 2009. I hadn't really done it before. And I had a lawyer in, in Maryland named David Silverberg. He's 10 years older than me and still going strong. He taught me everything he needed to know. He's completely available. He let me know when I was on the right track and when I wasn't. He gave me forms. And it was just an invaluable service to me. And I've become a good family law lawyer because of his mentorship. So whether it's helping someone be a better mediator or in my world to help someone be a happier, more successful, better lawyer. I've had folks on my podcast. I have a podcast myself called The Free Lawyer. And I've had yeah. folks on who went through a traumatic divorce and became divorce coaches that really try to help the parties, you know, handle that. So I think it's a real gift to be of service. I know when I'm of service to someone else, it's when I'm my most fulfilled because it's a more selfless activity. When I'm not of service, I might be thinking about, I want this and I want that. And I, I get self-absorbed. So it's really wonderful to give of ourselves to others because then we're fundamentally very, very happy. Amen. And I feel like I finally hit that little, you know, golden nugget late in my career by being able to do this. But I love what you said, because there's always something that you've done that someone else hasn't. So you can help anyone through something. I have a coach. I've been mentored. I am a lover of learning. I love growing and learning. I'm right on, in line with you on your golf. You can always learn and get better. And so, you know, maybe it's twofold. Have a mentor, be a mentor, because it makes your life full and it makes mine happier and better. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. It's a great way to be. And I'm sure your coach, you're really, really good at what you do, but I'm sure they give you a boost of confidence or may remind you of certain approaches that you might have lost sight of. They're still a service to you, despite your success and quality you provide to your right. clients. 
Yeah, it's amazing all that I have learned through doing it. Hey, I just wanted to pop in here quick before this whole thing winds down. And I want to tell you about my Parenting Plan online course. It is for you if you are terrified that divorce is going to ruin your children. I'm here to assure you that you can co-parent really well together. And I have an online course that is going to walk you through a parenting plan. You will have a piece of your divorce done. If you want to work with a mediator, you can bring the paperwork in and that portion is complete. It's easy, affordable, quick, and effective. And it will be part of your divorce paperwork if you'd like it to, or you can just use it to co-parent well with another parent. It goes over all the things that you may not be thinking of when you're in the midst of an emotional time like divorce. So please go to lisakoski.com, check on my online courses, and sign up for the Parenting Plan course now because when parents work together, they can mitigate the damages caused by divorce to their children. So Gary, I can't believe it. I'm looking at the time. It's ticking away and we're getting to the end where we do the saddle up segment where I ask my guests for one little tidbit piece of information that my listeners can do right now to make their life better. And I think you told me you might have two. I'm going to double up. I'm going to double saddle up. I'm going to give you two only because I couldn't pick between them. And these are two critical tools for me in my life to keep me balanced. And I know I give them to all my divorce clients to use too. And it's they're not easy. Well, one of them is particularly not easy, but these are the two. The first is to practice gratitude. And that's so easy to say. We all talk about it, but I try to make it a real practice. I ask my clients to do two things. The first is every day for a month to write down three things they're grateful for every morning. And they cannot write down the same thing twice. So they can't say, I love my beautiful dogs, Ellie and Desi, they're the best every day. They're going to do it once. So what happens is at the end of 30 days, they're on a search for something to be grateful for. And when we're looking for what is in our life we can be grateful for, we're going to be happy. The second piece of it is I ask them every night to write down those things that happened that day, big or small, that they're grateful for. We don't want to go to bed worrying about how nasty the lawyer was or how my ex said this to me, but what things happened that day that you're grateful for? Well, we had a mediation session with Lisa and it went well and and we made some progress, whatever it might be. And to review the morning list and the evening list every day, and then they will feel more grateful. Because when we're happy for what we have and where we are, because fundamentally, we're all very, very blessed. We're going to be a better place. The harder one is to practice acceptance, particularly for our clients. It's easy to resist when the other lawyer calls my client names or when the ex won't comply with something that's completely reasonable. And it's easy to get resentful. It's easy to get angry, but it doesn't serve us. There are things that happen in life that we don't like, but we can't change. We can't change our ex. We can't change the other lawyer. We can't change the court. We have no power over that. The only thing we have power over is ourselves, our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions. And once we know our ex is going to be like that, whatever that is, then we have to accept it. And 
How do we respond? How do we deal with that? Often the best thing is to just ignore it, or maybe we need to take some court action or whatever it might be. But so often when they go through the stress, they get, our clients get stuck in anger at the lawyer for what he said in his letter or our ex for what he said in a text. And we have no power to change that. We can't argue with the person. We just have to figure out what's our next step and not give it power over our happiness. Amen. So many good things came out of this episode today, Gary. I know my listeners would love your podcast. Tell them where they can find it. It's Freedom Lawyer. Is that correct? It's called The Free Lawyer. The Free Lawyer. And it's anywhere you would look on Apple or Spotify. And, you know, in one sense, it's targeted towards lawyers. But every Monday, I have a solo episode. And such things as acceptance and gratitude and expectations, all those topics are things I talk about regularly on there. And I think they're nuggets of wisdom, not only for the lawyers who might be listening to your show, but for your clients as well. So good. And we'll have that in the show notes. And if people want to connect with you, where's a good place? The best place is through LinkedIn under my name, Gary Miles, or on my website at Gary at GaryMiles.net. Wonderful. Gary, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah, helping my listeners find things maybe a little less scary, knowing how to deal with stressors. And I so appreciate what you're doing and what you're sharing with the world. So it has been just a blessing to have you today. Well, thank you. I really appreciate you and really all the service you give to your clients. It's just amazing. Thanks, Gary. Take care. Hey, friends, you may have heard me mention my swan analogy, how mediation is a lot like a swan gliding on a lake, not necessarily happy, not necessarily sad, but content, calm, and peaceful. I especially want this for my parents. And in custody cases involving alcohol, it can be very difficult to find peace of mind if you're fearful your child's safety is in jeopardy. Soberlink helps ease these concerns and improve child safety, which is why I recommend it to all my clients who raise concerns over a co-parent's alcohol misuse. Soberlink has remote alcohol monitoring technology, allowing parents to receive real-time alerts multiple times a day, ensuring the child is with a sober parent. Similar to mediation, Soberlink is time and cost-effective and worth every penny knowing your child is safe. To begin receiving real-time alerts that your child is safe and to receive $50 off your device, visit www.soberlink.com different. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter. 